Welcome to the Cashflow for Life podcast. We believe there are two types of people in this world. People that have greater cash flow coming in every single month or people who have cash flow going out. We believe you need to be the type of person that has cash flow coming in, and that is what this podcast is all about. Our mantra is simple. If you take care of real estate for the first five years, real estate will take care of you for the rest of your life. If you're looking to achieve financial freedom through real estate investing, you're in the right place. Andrew Holmes, a renowned expert in the field, is your guide on this journey. Andrew is the driving force behind National RE Invest, the largest real estate investors association in the United States. Together, we're here to help you build wealth and create more cash flow in your life. Let's get into the show. Hey guys, welcome to Cashflow for Life. My name is Andrew Holmes, and in this particular podcast, you guys are going to hear, we're going to talk about one thing, which is how do we build cash flow for the rest of your life safely and securely and in the quickest manner possible. And for us, that happens to be using real estate. So that's what this particular podcast is going to be all about. And at times, we're going to talk about flips. At times, we're going to talk about wholesales. At times, we're going to talk about buying rental properties, buying Airbnbs. Sometimes we may have somebody talk about multifamily. But then the goal always is one thing and one thing only, which is not just how to create income this year, but how do you keep building cash flow for life? Because for most of us, when we start in real estate, we get into real estate. Why? Because we get into real estate for three different reasons. Number one is, oh my God, I want to use real estate to build my wealth, right? That's the first thing people get into real estate because of. So it doesn't matter if they're in their retirement age, they may say the same thing differently. And that is, hey, I want to secure my future. So I want to use cash flow. I want to use income from real estate towards my retirement. The other person who may say, oh my God, I'm an entrepreneur. We see that a lot today, right? You're listening to this podcast because you may want be one of those people that say, oh my God, I'm going to use real estate to build my future. See, everybody gets into real estate to build cash flow for the rest of their lives, but guess what they get trapped doing? They get trapped just trying to earn a living. If they're just doing flips, what they're doing is they quit their jobs, they get self-employed because they're doing flips, and then they end up running on the treadmill and each year they have to keep doing it over and over and over again. And the day they quit, guess what happens? That day their income stops. So the unique thing about this particular podcast is always going to be, the focus is going to be, how do we keep building cash flow for life? And what does that mean? So there are two types of people in life, right? Most people, 99% of your population, even people you may think that are rich, Right? And rich is that person that if you make 100000 and your friend makes 110 guess what? Like, oh my God, he's richer than me. The day you get a promotion and you start making 130 now suddenly you are richer than your friend. So richer is something very relative compared to where you are right now. So if you're in college and you're broke and then your friend gets a job before you do, he is richer until you find a job making more than him. Suddenly you become richer. But on this podcast, we're talking about cash flow for life, which is wealth. What is wealth? See, wealth is not, most of us, like a lot of times today, is, oh, Elon Musk, right? Is Bill Gates, is uh, Oprah. That's not what we're talking about. Guys, for 99.99% population, if you're that, then you're not listening to the podcast anyways, so it doesn't really matter. But for most people, what is wealth is this. If every single month you spend 8000 and you have 10000 coming in, that is is wealth. You spend 20 a month and you have 25 coming in. That is wealth. 
it's much easier to get wealthy than rich. Why? Because rich is always relative. See, when I had never made $100,000, to me, $100,000 was rich. When I made $100,000, that was like, oh my God, I already made that. Now what do I do? And next year, I have to keep doing it over and over and over again. So remember, the goal of this podcast is going to be one thing, and that is we want to build wealth, not necessarily just rich. You will become rich, and every single year you'll get richer and richer and richer in process, but it's much easier to build wealth because once you build it, it's there for the rest of your life, right? And there's a common saying you'll hear me say in different podcasts, and that is that we say all the time, if you take care of real estate for the first five years, real estate will take care of you for the rest of your life. And the goal of this podcast is not going to be to compare, oh, what do I have and what do you have and what does somebody else have? Because there is absolutely no comparison because it just depends. It, today, it may be a lot of money to you to make 100000 or 200000 or 400000 but there's always somebody out there that will make more, do more, be faster, stronger. It's always great to become that person and to keep progressing. But the goal is not to compare ourselves with somebody else. The goal is to be the best with the God-given ability that you have. That's going to be the goal of the podcast. And another thing you'll hear me say a lot of the times is, it's not the size of the house that you live in that counts. It's the number of houses that you own that other people live in is what is important. Right? See, a lot of people count their wealth in the size of the house I live in. Oh my God, I live in a 3,000 square foot house, 4,000 square foot house, 5,000 square foot house. You already live there. You're already running on a treadmill to pay for the house. right? So that doesn't count. That's not net worth. That's not net wealth. It's how many houses do you own that other people live in? Because guess who has to go running? They have to go run on the treadmills of their job or whatever they do to put money in your pocket. It's not the amount of money you spend every year that's important. It's the amount of money that is being invested. It's the amount of net worth that you're collecting. It's the amount of cash flow that you have. So I want to kind of go back really quick. And I'll give you guys a background. So I grew up as immigrant. My, both my parents were doctors, surgeons. I was born in America, grew up in India, and I'm sure we'll get to know each other throughout this journey of the podcast. But as, as I was growing up in India, right, it was typical uh, Indian family where uh, education to our family is very important, right? So the whole mantra was, uh, go to good school, get a good job. And why? Because it was all to educate yourself well and get a good job. And then what I saw a lot of times around me, even with my parents, they made much more money than most of my friends' parents. But yet, guess what happened? They were the surgeons that were operating a hospital. They had a specialized skill set. Hence, they were paid more. See, you're paid based on your ability to be replaced. So if you're highly trained at something, you're going to be harder to replace. Hence, you're going to be paid based on that skill set. Yet, guess what? You have to keep running on the treadmill. For them, it was being a surgeon. Every time they did more and more and more surgeries, they made more and more and more money. But guess what? When they didn't operate, were they making any money? No. So what were they doing? See, the difference between a barista, right? somebody who works at Starbucks, somebody who's a plumber, somebody who's an electrician, somebody who's a doctor or a GP, which is a general practitioner versus a surgeon. What is it? The only difference is this, that a barista is easier to train, right? A plumber and an electrician is going to be a little bit harder. A doctor, a regular general practitioner is going to be a little bit harder. And then a surgeon is going to need more training. Hence, they're going to be harder to replace. 
So what it is is that we're trade based, we're paid based on our ability to be replaced. And so we only have, all of us have 24 hours in a day. You're going to sleep, be at home 8, 10, 12 hours a day. And the rest of the time, you can basically, you know, spend working. And that's what happens to most people. And so what I saw with my parents was that even though they were highly successful, respected doctors, right, they made money based on how many hours they put in. And as a child, I was observant of that because I would see my friend's parents that had businesses that owned the hospitals where my parents worked, and my parents were more educated. And at the time, I had not read, or I was Rich Dad, Poor Dad book was not out, so I wasn't aware of that particular concept, but I saw that. And so I always used to tell my parents, I'm like, hey, why don't we own the hospital? They're like, oh, no, 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 that's for business people. We're professionals. I'm like, well, why are we professionals? Why are we not business people? Because clearly, the business people have even a bigger house than we do. Right? And I looked at it in terms of a house, in terms of cars, even though my parents were well off. Now, you fast forward that journey a little bit forward, and I came back to America at the age of about 17 years old, and I went to college. And at the time, I'm not going to get into it today in the introduction of this podcast, but I ended up dropping out, got, you know, had a Pell Grant in school, took that, and I put it into real estate. And I put it into real estate at the time because I wanted to be a real estate investor. Now, obviously, I didn't have the money at the time to be a real estate investor. So I said, what's the next best thing? Well, I became a real estate agent. And literally from the age of 19, 20 years old, all the way till the age of 32, I sold real estate. And when I tell you I worked my butt off, I worked my butt off, right? I had, I owned gas stations in between. I had other businesses, which sometime I'll have, uh, I'll get a chance to share my story of the ups and downs as we go through. And yet what I realized was as the age of 32, I don't know about you, how old you are, if you're young or if you're old, at the age of 32, here's where I was. Kind of this time of the year when we're getting into Thanksgiving to the end of the year was a very depressing time for me. Most people were excited. They were spending time with their family. And I'm 32 in good health, fortunately, making a good amount of money, making two, $300,000. And I was depressed. And I was depressed because of this reason. I had become my parents. And this happens to a lot of us, which is I would be considered what we would call busy professional, meaning my profession was selling real estate. Yet, you know, my biggest fear was, oh my God, I had a decent year this year. How am I going to repeat it next year? How am I going to repeat it year after? And what I realized was at 32 years old, if you had come into my office and looked at me and you had asked me a key question, Andrew, you've been working last 10, 12 years. What do you have to show for it? You know, my response would have been, I would have been mad. And I would be mad at you not because I was mad at you. I was mad at myself. See, at the age of 25, 30, I thought I was going to be done because I was going to do it. The, you know, I was going to make so much money that I was going to save so much money. I was going to invest so much money and that I could be like, you know, rich or wealthy. I didn't understand at the time. And literally at 32 years old, what I realized was that I was a month or two away from being totally, totally broke. Even though I tried to live within my means, even though I tried to do, I didn't go do any crazy spending, yet what I realized was I was as good as my ability to run on the treadmill, hence the name of the show. See, I was just as good as the last house that I just sold as a real estate agent. So I literally was making two or $300,000 and feeling completely depleted because I had read every single motivational book that was existed, every single recording or whatever that was existed. And I could not stand any motivational speakers, be it Tony Robbins, be it Les Brown, be it the greats, because I was frustrated at myself. I was a person that was running on a treadmill with no, nowhere to go. And you know, the famous saying I'm sure you've heard, 
which is what is the definition of insanity? The definition of insanity is keep running in the same place or keep doing the same thing and expecting a different outcome. And I was the epitome of that because when I looked at other real estate agents in my office that I respected, tremendous salespeople worked their butt off. It didn't matter if they were 40, if they were 45, if they're 50 or 60. If I went and asked them the same question, hey, what do you have to show? Guess what? Depending on the age, they would be even more miserable than I was. And they realized, the ones that were willing to be honest, that they had nothing to show for it. That doesn't mean they hadn't worked hard. That doesn't mean they weren't honest people. They're, most of them had worked their butt off. Right Today, in any profession, to do well, you're going to have to work your butt off. The question is, what did they have to show for it? I'm going to fast forward that. 2008 is when I did my first flip. First year, I did 10 flips. Next year, I did 30. And third year, I did uh, 60 flips. So between 2008, 9, and 10, I had done almost 100 flips. See, if you had come in 2010 to me and asked me, Andrew, what do you have to show for it? See, I had jumped off one treadmill, which was my real estate sales treadmill, to another treadmill, which I thought was bigger, fancier, and nicer, which was doing flips. All my friends thought, oh my God, Andrew's selling so many flips. He's killing it. What I realized in 2010 was I was not killing anything except myself which what I had become was I had become that guy, which is I jumped off my treadmill thinking the treadmill that was next to me, which was flipping properties, was more lucrative. Because why would you want to work for 3 4 5% when you can keep the 95% for yourself? Sounds great, but guess what? I was even more desperate than I was in 2008. And in 2011, January 14, 2011, is the first time what I realized that what I wanted was not another treadmill. What I wanted was other people running on my little treadmills, which was properties that I owned. They had to go to work to put money in my pocket, and hence the name of the show, which is Cash Flow for Life. You know, in 2011, for the first time, and this, these were properties that I owned in partnership with Rahul at the time and a few other people. So I had a, every property I owned only 50%, right? Only 50% of every property. But yet what I realized was at the end of 2011, I had every single month about $3,000 that would come in, my share. So total, we had $6,000 came in. By the end of 2012, that $6,000 had grown into about $11,000 a month. That was my share, right, by 2011. Then it was then 12, then 13, then 14, then 15. Every single year, even though I did some flips, what would happen is every single year, because I had enough properties that I owned as rental properties, Every single year, there was more and more and more cash flow after expenses that would come in net into my pocket until last year, or I should say beginning of this year, where I got to a point where every single month, over $115,000 net comes in without me having to go to work. So be it the events that we do today, be it the flips that we do today, be it the wholesales that we do today, that has nothing to do with the cash flow income that comes in. The goal of this particular podcast is how do we get you from a zero to a hero? And you may say, Andrew, I'm not a zero. I may already have a great way of making a living. Fantastic. Doesn't matter if you're a barista or if you're a doctor or if you're anything in between or if you make a million bucks a year. See, we don't count our wealth in the size of the house that we live in, meaning we don't count our wealth in the cars that we drive. That's not wealth, right? We don't count our wealth in the size of the house. If you live in a nice, big, fabulous house, great. What you have to ask yourself is, who's paying for the property? Am I paying for the property with the hours that I trade in? Or are my tenants paying for the property? 
See, so we count our wealth not in the size of the house that we live in. We count our wealth in the number of houses we own that other people live in. What that means is that if you have a property, let's say, and let's say it costs you $3,000 a month, right? That's your mortgage payment, principal, interest, asset, insurance. And you have another 10 rental properties that you own. And those 10 rental properties make $500 after all expenses, each one of them. So 500 times 10 is going to be 5,000. See, to me, that is wealth. You have $3,000 expenses on your house and you have 5,000 coming in. Why? Because not only can you pay your mortgage, but you have some left over. We want to be the person is not how much money you make. Because see, if you make 50,000 and you spend it all, or you make 200,000 and you spend it all, or you make a million and you spend it all, at the end of the day, it still all spells broke. What we want to be the person is not how much you make necessarily, but how much do you have coming in at the end of every month that is because of other people's efforts. This whole podcast, this whole show, as we move on from here on forward, whenever we have a guest, we're always going to go back to one thing, and that is how do we build cash flow for life? And that is the goal of this podcast. It's not just, oh my God, a technique on wholesales. Will we talk about that? Absolutely. Will we talk about, well, where do we find a property? How do we fund these properties? But remember, the goal is much bigger than just doing a flip, than just doing a wholesale, than just owning a building. Goal is, how do we, in the quickest way possible, get you to a place which is your cash flow for life? And for all of us, it's going to be different. Right? For some people, may say, hey, I'm happy if I make $5,000 a month because that's all I need to live on. Great. For other people, it may be 10 or it may be 20. And so the goal of this podcast is to kind of live the message because I live the message. And over the last 10 to 12 years, not only has this worked for me, it's worked for thousands and thousands of people. And you'll see some of those featured as guests. Some of them you'll meet at the three-day events we do. Some of them you'll meet at the RIA events that we are super excited and super thrilled about this podcast. This is Andrew Holmes. Again, remember the name of the podcast is Cash Flow for Life. And that's our goal. It's not just how much money I make, it's how much money I keep, meaning how much money at the end of the month do I have left over after my expenses are paid and not because of my own effort, but because of the assets that I've learned to accumulate. See, that truly is cash flow for life. We would love for you to share the podcast with other friends, other family, other neighbors that you would love for them to contribute, grow if you are a great guest for the podcast. Please let us know and talk to you in the future. I hope you enjoyed the episode today on the Cash Flow for Life podcast. Make sure to hit subscribe on your chosen platform that you are listening to us on. If this episode made you think of someone, go ahead, take a screenshot and share this episode with them or post it on your social media to share with your friends. Achieving financial freedom is all about creating the necessary cash flow in your life. Our team has designed an entire ecosystem for you to be able to not only become a successful real estate investor, but for you to build higher cash flows month after month. Join our community at www.nationalreinvest.com to see which event is coming up that you can be a part of and how you can be a part of our community. Once again, it's www.nationalreinvest.com. We will see you on the next episode.